0: Hello and welcome to the teaching podcast of Coastal Community Church, where our mission is to be love in Jesus Christ to the lost and found in our community. For more information about what Coastal is all about, visit SebastianChurch.com. Now please prepare your hearts to receive whatever God may have for you in today's sermon. So if I say praise God... Uh... The church, like we're a family, like we respond, okay? If I say praise God, now some churches say praise God, but we're we're a little different. So I want you guys, can you say amen when we say praise God? All right, well, we're gonna practice. Okay, I didn't say praise God yet, okay? Listen to instructions, okay? Praise God. All right, good, all right, all right. So that's a little bit of Ugandan tradition that wove its way in, because when you say mukama yebe which is praise God in Uganda, amen, okay, so... All right, praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, good. Well, uh, I am here for week two of Money Talks. We are talking about money here at Coastal, and here's why because money has so many connections to our soul, to our emotions, to our marriage, to our children, to our sleep, to our energy level. And so we have to talk about it. Furthermore, there's 2,350 verses in the Bible that talk about money. So if you want to experience joy that isn't constantly interrupted by money, if you wanna experience a marriage where money doesn't rob you of peace, we have to talk about money according to God's word. Money uh, is often at the source of many disagreements in marriages, Money steals your sleep at night and your joy during the day, if it's not under control. God never designed money to to master you. He designed designed you to be the master of your money. So here's the key verse that we're gonna read together. Can you read it with me? If you're online, just say it in front of your screen. Wherever you are, just say it in front of your screen with us, okay? Let's start, three, two, one. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Luke 16, 13. You can't do it. You can't be the master of, uh, be mastered by your money and still say, I am surrendered to God. So how does your money talk to you? Can I ask you that? How does your money talk to you? Has anyone been in Walmart and you kind of felt like you needed to, to offer some like, Nanny 911 support to somebody, maybe on the toy aisle, and their, their kid is like lit up and screaming and throwing a temper tantrum and doing circles in the aisle on the ground and flopping around like a, yeah, so like a weirdo, right? And, and then you're like, now before I had children, I would look at that and I'd be so judgmental. I'd be like, when I become a parent, I'm never gonna tolerate that crap, okay, right? You, you you were with me, right? And some of you forgot what it was like to have kids, and you're like, oh, when I had kids, that never happened, and I just I just need to talk to your children so that we can make sure that you're actually telling the truth. Um, because that happens, right? Your kids begin getting a mind of their own, and then they begin telling you what to do, right? Anybody? I mean, from the time they're like two, okay? They begin like, do this, get me this, oh, I forgot my lunch, bring it, right? I forgot my AirPods. Bring them back, right? Sure, no problem. I felt like turning around, uh, uh, you know, during rush hour in Brevard County. Not, not that that actually happened this week or anything. Love you. <laughs> but here's the thing: um, our money should never talk to us like that. In fact, many of you, you know, you know how to identify like when a child is being disrespectful. You know, like when a child starts telling their parents what to do. And you see, sometimes a parent just kinda is led by their, like a nose ring. They're just kinda like a, like a, like a cow, just running around, whatever, whatever it takes, princess. Okay, you know, you ever see that? And you're just like, oh my goodness, that child needs something, okay? All right, so the parent needs some support. The parent needs some support. I think the parent's about to give some support. All right, so, <sighs> pastors, kids. I've just lost my train of thought. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the notes here. So here's the deal. Some of you allow your money to talk to you like you would never allow your kids to talk to you, right? Because we know, like in public, like when that happens, you just feel like this big. And you're like, you wanna crawl out of there. And sometimes that does happen. And you know, if you're, if you're a good parent, by the way, you just like walk off, right? You're like, all right, go ahead. Roll around in the aisle. All right, go ahead, we'll see you later. And you walk away. Now you may like park a couple aisles over so DCF isn't called, right? I'm sorry, this is not a parenting. Uh, this is not a parenting sermon series. But sometimes you just gotta, you gotta stop giving in to everything that your money is telling you to do. You gotta stop giving in to the power that money tries to get in your life, in your marriage, in your parenting and say, I'm gonna be the master. God's my God, I'm surrendered to him and he commanded me to be the master over my money that he entrusted to me. So if you wanna stop letting your money control your life and tell you how to think and rob you of sleep and rob you of joy, we're gonna be talking over the next few weeks about what our money is saying, and more importantly, what God is saying about our money. We're gonna take control over our money and we're gonna adjust what our money says. We're gonna tell our money how it's allowed to talk to us. So week one, we talked about how money talks to us through our worry and how we can be consumed and worried about all sorts of things and and it distracts us from the main thing, which is the kingdom of God. Worry lies to us and tells us that things are more important that can't be bought with, or sorry, money is more important than things that can't be bought with money. And so we get distracted and we take time away from our family and our spouses and our, our, our purpose in life. And we decide instead to be enslaved to money and worry. And this week, money talks through your budget. Isn't that exciting? Budget is something to get excited about, right? I can feel the excitement just boiling in the room. Some of you are just like, ooh, I can't wait to hear what the Bible says about budgeting. Like, yeah, it's not the sexiest topic, okay? It's not real attractive, uh, but if you don't talk about your budget, your budget really has a way of getting control over you, really has a way of making you miserable. And so we're gonna talk about this because it's important, but also I believe it can get your joy back. You can begin to realize that God created you to be the manager, not to be managed by money. Luke 16:10. let's look at it, it's on the screen. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So if you're thinking, well, I just wasted this trip to church. He's gonna talk about budgeting. You know, that, how is that going to uh, give me the fuel to get from this Sunday until the next? And I just wanna tell you, like, that's not my role here. Just like, I cannot fill you up. I cannot, you know, make you uh, eat. Uh, you need to be eating spiritually all through the week, okay? But I am here to teach you what God's word says and this is part of it. And so some of you, like you got all your finances in order, that's awesome, okay, this, maybe this isn't for you. Begin praying now over those who are, who are just up all night and ruined by how their budget is compiled. All right, so here's what our budget, here's how our budget talks. Number one, our budget tells who's in charge. You can look at a budget and tell who's in charge. If you don't have a budget, You're not in charge, okay? You're just kind of like, oh, let's do this, let's do this, okay? Your impulses are in charge. Um, Your 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 buying is probably short-circuited and hacked by the many uh, tactics of online advertising and product placement in stores and uh, fancy Teslas and what I I mean, you know, like until you make a decision that I'm going to decide when money leaves here. You're just kind of floating through and you're not in charge. So um, here's the deal. Luke 16, 13. We're gonna read it again. You guys were a little quiet last time. And this is second service. You guys, by now you should be like fully caffeinated. Um, Thank you, Carl, for bringing me an extra double shot of espresso. I must have burned through it in first service. But we need you guys to read this with with me, like with a little, I need to be able to hear you up here. So are we ready? Luke chapter 16, verse 13, three, two, one. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Did you hear that last part? You can't say that you're surrendered to Jesus and be enslaved to money. You cannot say that, you're, that you are the master of your money and not know where it's going. Um, you just can't. Your budget tells who's in charge. This week is going to hit different. And I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna apologize for the scripture, but I'll apologize like in advance, like we're getting into some personal things here. Okay, we're gonna talk about your personal decisions and and all you have a responsibility to do is listen to what the Bible says and then seek what the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do in response to that. My role is to talk about how I believe God's asking us to respond to this scripture. You can filter that and go, eh, or you can implement what God's teaching us. So you have that freedom So I am going to hit some some nodes here because this week we're talking about more than just worry. Of course, we all have worry. But when we talk about how we spend our money, it's a very personal thing. Here's why it's so important to talk about this at church. Because if money has mastered us, money has taken a more important position than God ever designed it to have. If money has mastered us and we just kind of float through life and let expenses come and go without any planning or thinking or processing, I'm gonna go a step further and say that we're enslaved to something other than God if we've decided or we by default haven't decided that we're gonna surrender to God, and as a fully surrendered believer, we are gonna obey what Jesus says to master our money instead of it master us. If we've decided not to do that, how can we possibly say we're surrendered to what Jesus says? I'm sorry for how that hits, but if it's true, try it on. Ask the Holy Spirit, if it's true, but it does sound an awful lot like what Elijah was talking about when the Israelites uh, brought, uh, were worshiping Baal, and the prophet Elijah says, "Hey, let's uh, let's have a little contest here on Mount Carmel." It's in First First Kings, chapter eighteen. Awesome story. Um, we're gonna get to that passage in just a second, but Elijah says, "All right." Y'all have been wavering between two opinions. You, 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 you're not sure which one to follow. When it's convenient, you follow God. And when it's convenient, you follow Baal. Let's read that verse. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent which is not unlike today. You have to make a decision. Your silence is your decision. You have to make a decision, who is God? Am I gonna be mastered by God and master my money or am I gonna be mastered by money and it becomes my God? If Jesus is your master, then money becomes your royal subject. Wouldn't you rather have that relationship with money Like, I'm gonna tell you what to do, okay? To bring back the parenting. You're not gonna talk to me that way anymore, money. Um, You won't talk to me that way. In this house, this is how you're going to behave, right? You gotta tell your money how to behave. In order to be the master of your money, you will need to learn how to give every dollar a job. And the dirty name for that is budget. You have to decide where's this going, where's this going, where's this going. You can't just go, you get a dollar and you get a dollar and you, the, you're not Oprah. You're gonna run out of dollars. You have to decide before the show, all right, I can't give everybody a dollar. I'm gonna give this one because they could take my house and I'm gonna take care of this one because they're the IRS and they could put me in jail. And you know, you, you've gotta make these decisions ahead of time. So your budget tells, who is, whew, crickets please, your budget tells who is in charge, in charge, or do we know what that point is yet, maybe we need to put it back up there just, just a second here, all right, your budget tells, right, you guys are just really loving this uh, budget talk, okay, we're gonna move on, because I told you guys that I was gonna try and keep on time when we're talking about money, but you guys got to bring a little more otherwise I'm gonna fall asleep up here and it's gonna take longer to get through this. Okay, is this this helpful? For those who have a budget, can this bring peace to the life of someone who's not got a budget? Okay, it's just the word of God, so we're just gonna implement it. All right, number two, your budget doesn't just tell who's in charge, it tells on you. Man, there's nothing like your bank transactions to tattle on you. Now there's someone in our family who has a a secret addiction, no, it's not secret, to Starbucks. Y'all are too quiet. You're supposed to laugh there, it makes it less awkward. (laughs) So I just make my coffee at home and it costs like 300% less. But there's someone in our family who likes Starbucks and that's like, and and if it's her therapy, I'm gonna keep on, <laughs> let's make sure there's plenty of money in that budget, right? But you can always see when someone's been at Starbucks, you know, $30, what did you get there? Just a drink and a biscuit, right? You know, it's like all that there is, right? And uh, you know, there's stuff probably that I get too, but we're not gonna talk about that because I, I can't think of any. Um, by the way, my wife has an awesome shirt on today. It says dibs on the pastor. All right, yes. So, and by the way, budgeting makes your marriage better. Okay, just makes your marriage better. Um, Let's just hit that right now, okay? This is how it makes your, your marriage better. When the Bible tells us in Genesis that, in Genesis 2, that, right, Adam and Eve were one flesh, right? They were naked and felt no shame. Right? We get excited about that, right, as men. We're, yeah, they had sex, okay, but that's not all that it's talking about. Some of you just woke up. <laughs> Welcome. I thought this was a sermon about money. He said sex. Okay, twice now. Okay, so what it means is we, we're not just one flesh in bed. We're one flesh spiritually. That's why it's important to make sure like the person that you marry Youth, children, young adults, the remarried folks that are looking for just the right guy, make sure you're, you can be spiritually compatible. Okay, one flesh spiritually. You should be one flesh in your parenting, right? You should be one flesh in your money. And so for, for my wife and I, there aren't any secrets. And that's where the naked, we, I mean, you can do your budget naked, that's okay. Close the door first, right? <laughs> But you can do your budget that way, but what that naked means in this scenario is there's no secrets. That, that you're one flesh and that there's nothing to hide. And that is how budgeting can help your marriage, okay? So your budget tells on you, you might as well just be naked anyway. You might as well just be like, hey, you know what? I had a bad day and I went to Starbucks. Um, and my wife knows she doesn't have to do that. We talk about it later if it gets out of control, but um, but your budget tells on you. She can also see when I've been to Pareidolia or uh, man, I went to, all right, I can't say the name, but I spent a fortune on coffee earlier this week. And uh, whoo, all right, you'll see that later, sweetheart. Yes. All right, here's the deal. Um, We tell ourselves lies about our money. We tell the world or we project that we are mature adults and yet sometimes our money says otherwise. Our money says, you can't even manage the little that you do have. You pretend, but nothing tattles on your bad habits, poor decisions and immaturity better than your bank transactions, right? Um, but we have to make decisions based on the fact that your money will tell on you. You can, you, There isn't, you spend it now and it has no repercussions later, right? We kind of get excited or we have a bad day and we're like, let's go do some therapy spending, right? You know, let's go get a tattoo, right? By the way, we can see that, you know? So like, <laughs> I have one that, a child that loves tattoos and I'm like, well, where's your emergency fund? And, you know, just like we have to build in these priorities if we're really gonna be good stewards of what God's given us. Man, I'd love to have more tattoos, but I don't have money for that. No donors, okay. (laughs) Here's here's the problem, many of us, we're praying for more money. Anybody ever pray for that? I want more money, okay? Nobody has enough guts? Okay, I've prayed. Maybe I've just said, Lord, would you please get me out of this money situation, right? And, and wouldn't it be nice, you know, if God's like, all right, how much you need? Uh, and then he whoosh, rips off the check, hands it to you, you run to the bank, you cash that bad boy, and woo, isn't that awesome? Sometimes you watch the TV preachers. I think that's how they, they think God works, right? And, uh, but why on earth would the owner of everything entrust more to you when you couldn't manage the little that he gave you? because that's often the reason why we don't budget. We're like, we just don't have enough money to budget. If you don't have much money, there's even more reason why you should be careful with it, why you should manage it and be the master of it. And when you learn to manage that little, the Bible told us, like, we'll be able to be trusted with more. So your budget tells on you, you might as well be honest about it anyway. You're the manager, and if you wanna be entrusted with more, be trustworthy with little. Um, when I first learned how to drive, uh, my parents had a blue 1985 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Uh, my mom had a nickname for it; it was called the Rolls can hardly. Anybody ever hear this before? It rolls down one hill and can hardly make it up the next, and that's how funny I thought it was back then too, because that's what I learned how to drive on, and that's the car that I got to take out and go meet my friends, or you know, my wife learned how to drive before me, so like when we were going out, she'd always be the driver. It was kinda, I I couldn't drive yet, so it's a little humiliating, right, humbling, and uh, even more humbling is taking the 1985 blue Cutlass out, and when you have to back out of the parking spot, you, you have to get your foot out the door and start pushing because, it didn't have reverse, so you got to like. You know, you, you it was very humbling, okay? But my parents taught me how to drive on that car. You know, our family had another car during that time. It was a 1985 Saab 900S stick shift. When that thing started, it made the house rumble. Oh, it was awesome, you know? And the hood opened like a sports car, it was a coupe and uh, it had fins across the back window, it was cool. Guess what, I didn't get to, to learn how to drive on that car. My dad was like, no, no. But one day, after I'd been driving for some time, after I'd been driving to hoopty, I did my time. He must have been having a good day. He says, do you wanna drive the Saab? You wanna, you wanna learn how to drive stick shift? And we, he, he taught me how to drive stick shift. And eventually, that car became my car. I never would have gotten to the sob if I hadn't endured the hooptie. And I don't know what the sob and the hooptie are in your life. You may have a literal hooptie in your life, okay? You may be like just nursing that thing along. Uh, I know we have a car in the driveway right now that doesn't run. You know, you, that may be your life right now. Whatever God's given you, manage the little so you'll be ready for what's next. Jesus... says you've gotta plan it out. In Luke 14, 28, second part, Jesus says this, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Who would begin a month without calculating the cost, you getting with me, to see if there's enough money to finish it? Nothing more embarrassing than getting to the end of the month and realizing you're not to the end of the month and realizing you're at the end of the money. So your, your budget tells who's in charge, tells on you, and thirdly, your budget tells where your heart is. And this is where we really hit, hit a chord. Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Some of you have made decisions, you've, you've made a decision to give regularly to your local church family, Coastal, and, and uh, that's awesome. We're so grateful for those who've joined us and help us move the kingdom of God forward here in Sebastian. And uh, some of you just aren't ready yet, and that's a, that's okay. We want to we want you to get to know us better before you make that sort of commitment. In fact, in just a few weeks, Growth Track is gonna be uh, is gonna be over here in the Fellowship Hall, October eighth, and. Uh, y- the, the first part of that is all about how we operate, why, how we, what we value and what we decide to spend money on and, and who we are as a church. And uh, that would be a great place for you to get to know who your church is so that you can decide, is this where I want my heart to be? And then begin investing your, your time and your money here. The, the plug is over, but if you wanna sign up, SebastianChurch.com go. Some of you uh, would say, no, my budget doesn't tell me where my heart is because um, I don't wanna pay that credit card debt, <laughs> right? Now, there's some legit situations here. We, we have some medical debt and my, my daughter's about to have uh, a fairly serious surgery and we're about to get a couple more of those bills, right? And, and so some of those like, you know, we didn't really have a choice and I realized that. But let's just be real. Some of the stuff where a heart is not in it, your heart was in it at some point. Some of these bills are our, our credit card bills or maybe a car that doesn't really run that great anymore or we've lost interest or, or we had to have the coolest new phone and so we're paying out the wazoo monthly. You know, Whatever it is, at some point, you decided my heart, my treasure is right here. And some of you, maybe, uh, maybe you have your treasure in your car. You don't have a hoopty. <laughs> uh, maybe some of you have your treasure in a boat. These are all great things. These are okay. It's okay to have nice things, especially if you have a boat and you take your pastor fishing. That's a good thing. Lord bless you for that. But you've gotta decide, where do I want my treasure? Where do I want my heart to be? And if you just evaluate kind of where your time and your treasures are, if you want to evaluate where your time and your money is and decide, hey, this isn't exactly where I want my heart, then you can begin taking actions to begin reconciling where your treasure is and where your time is in order to be consistent with where your heart is. It takes time. But the Bible tells us, like, if you want your heart to be here, just start putting your your, your treasures there. Start putting your money and your time into the place where you want your heart to be. Your budget is talking. It tells who's in charge. It tells us what we did wrong. It tells on us and then it tells where your heart is. So you should really get on a budget and stick to it. I asked this first service, and I think I'm going to decline to ask it again. But I'm just going to—I'm going to ask how many actually have a budget, whether you're not you live by it. Just raise your hand. Can you just show me? Okay, lots of people have a budget. That's good. Okay, and then I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands for this next one because it was a low percentage. But just think about if you're actually living by the budget, if you actually you know evaluate on a every couple day or at least a weekly basis, how am I doing on this budget that I've created? Is it really my plan or is it something, is it a dream that hasn't yet come true? So I wanna invite you to some homework. Usually this time the soft music begins playing and I invite you to follow Jesus and people either come forward or pray at their seat. But I believe from this sermon God wants us to respond by just doing what the Bible says. And so if you've decided that Jesus is your Lord, if you've decided I'm gonna surrender to Jesus, I wanna give you some homework this week. Talk to whoever's in your family, your your spouse, your partner, about whoever shares your money, whoever makes money decisions, have a meeting about your budget. Make it a quiet one. Be polite, be open-minded but have a meeting about your budget and go over these things. What is my budget saying about us? Are we happy with what our budget is saying about us? And to make some adjustments, I wanna give you some tools. First of all, if you, if you look up Dave Ramsey and step-by-step budget tips, um, you're gonna get lots of great resources there. We, we hosted a Financial Peace University um, here at Coastal uh, from the Dave Ramsey Ministry, and we'd love to do that again if you if you guys want us to. Um, but you'll you'll get lots of great resources there. But I want to tell you about one other resource. Some of you create a uh, you know a, a spreadsheet or a a written budget, and you never look at it again. Um, and there's some apps that will help you do better with that. So first of all, I wanna I wanna just. So what we use is YNAB or You Need a Budget. It's YNAB um, in the App Store or Google Play Store. Um, you still have to do the hard work, right, hon? <laughs> We still have to do the hard work of actually going through there and saying, this is for this and this is for this and this is for this. But you will see a, a visual representation like when you say, hey, the Starbucks budget is this much and then it starts going in the red in like week four of the month, right? we can decide, hmm, we need to make an adjustment here. You need a budget. And then there's, um, there's so many other uh, Dave Ramsey solutions. But I also wanna make one available to you as well. We have some people in this church that have, that have, uh, that have dug out of some very difficult financial situations and uh, they would be willing to help you and, and uh, just as a friend, just offer some advice and evaluate where you're at and encourage you in are creating a budget or, or getting on track to, to have a, an emergency fund. Um, all of these things are gonna take money's power away from your life. When you decide, hey, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get a at least in a $1,000 in an emergency fund. That way, when I have to get the car towed and I don't even know what's wrong with it, we're, we're not like halting life as we know it. We're just gonna pay the bill. We're gonna say, hey, we gotta, we gotta fix this. Um, when we live any other way, we're living with money, just kinda pushing us around like a bully. And that's not how Jesus invites us to live so right now i I don't know if you've ever done this but i want us to just bow our heads we're gonna surrender our money to jesus you don't have to do this i'm not gonna ask any hands raised this is between you and god but if we've said we're gonna surrender to jesus then all of us is surrendered to jesus so right now jesus we surrender our finances to you We surrender our debt to you. We surrender our medical bills to you. We surrender our broken cars to you. We surrender our broken health to you. We surrender all the things that money touches to you, Jesus. We know that in your hands, they're in great care. Would you give us wisdom as we talk about our budget? Would you give us wisdom and also may we actually do what we plan to do so that our heart truly is where our treasure is. We commit this to you, Jesus, as a family and as a family of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were blessed by today's teaching. We would love to connect with you, and here are some ways you can connect with us. You can submit a prayer request, find a live group, or check out some of the upcoming events at sebastianchurch.com. go Join us here again for the next episode.